In this episode, we are interviewing Elizabeth Ellis. Elizabeth is an award-winning journalist from the U.S. who is now working in Hong Kong as a communications manager for Renaissance College. Elizabeth has over 15 years of professional experience in writing and editing for a variety of publications. A few years ago, Elizabeth, who at that time never lived outside of the U.S., moved to Hong Kong. She faced a totally new environment, and I feel that a lot of us in this COVID-19 environment are facing changing circumstances too. Elizabeth shares how she started from scratch here in Hong Kong, and I sincerely wish that her story will inspire you as it has inspired me. Okay, let's begin. What is your story? So I currently work as a communications manager at Renaissance College, which is better known as RCHK, as part of the English Schools Foundation. Mm -hmm. And I also am a freelance audiobook editor. I don't do as much of that as I used to, but it is something I'm still involved with. So basically, uh, my story is that I was a trailing spouse. My husband, Casey, teaches at Poly U, mm -hmm. which is uh, short for the Polytechnic University of Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. And I had never lived outside of the US before. I never, I traveled abroad a couple times, but never lived outside. And I always thought that that was a blank spot in my life. Like it was, uh, I, I had an opportunity to do it in college and I didn't have the guts to do it at the time. So even though it was scary for me, I was like, well, maybe this is my second chance. Maybe this is God calling me to do something, something different. You know, mm -hmm. I was very nervous about it because I'd never even been to Hong Kong before. I actually had to look it up on the map. I was <laughs> like, Hong Kong, isn't that near like Beijing or something? You know, I, I, I'm terrible at geography. So I just took a chance. I mean, it was literally a leap of faith. This mm -hmm. was in January of 2017. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was empowered in a sense to take the step because I did have my professional freelancing with audiobooks, mm -hmm. which allowed me the flexibility to work anywhere in the world. And so that was a big help knowing that I would have, I would still be financially viable, um, at least to pay like my basic bills, mm -hmm. even though I was moving to a foreign country. It was difficult. I mean, I had no family here, no friends. Mm -hmm. I was literally starting clean slate. Mm -hmm. You know, I, 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 say to people that I have a, a professional degree in phoenixing you know it's like yeah. I had 2016 personally was a terrible year for me uh -huh. for a lot of reasons uh -huh. and I just was like okay you know what fresh starts like I'm gonna just start clean slate so I worked in Hong Kong from home before it became the thing to do yeah <laughs> now everybody uh, wants to know about remote working yeah, uh, for about six months while I kind of started wading into Hong Kong. It was very overwhelming the first couple of months I lived here because I've never lived anywhere with so many people. I'm, I grew up in Pennsylvania. I'm a country girl. <laughs> like, you know, I'm used to my neighbor being like two miles away, you know, so it's just going to a place this dense. Like, I thought to myself, oh, this is going to be just like New York City and it's no, I mean, it's like twice as many people as New York City. And so I'm really happy that I took the chance to 
freelance and rely a little bit on my partner financially and Mm -hmm. allow myself the chance to explore the city and kind of get my feet wet rather than just diving straight into like another full-time job. But, you know, after about six months, I was starting to get antsy again and it was like, okay, I really... I really miss working with colleagues. You know, I'm a, I'm a people person. I get my energy from people. It was just time for me to kind of to, to start looking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was getting a grip on the city and how to get around and everything. And um, thanks to Internations, which is how Stacy and I met. Yeah. Uh, I got involved with this church group called The Vine here. Mm-hmm. And one of the elders in that group, they call them elders, like the council head council members, this uh, wonderful guy named uh, Nigel and his uh, his wife, Jill. I always thought that was kind of funny, Nigel and Jill. Mm-hmm. Very, very British, very lovely people who've lived in Hong Kong for ages and ages and ages. They recommended that I check out the English Schools Foundation mm-hmm. and see what opportunities were available. And I said, well, I'm not a teacher. And they were like, that doesn't matter. They've got 15 schools. They've got lots of support positions. And I'm sure you can find something. And so I took, again, another leap of faith, put myself out there. And the rest is history. I've been working at RCHK since August of 2017. Wow. The time flies so fast. Yeah. It does. I can't believe I've already been at this school. This is going on my fourth academic year I've been here. Wow. Because I remember when you were exploring that possibility. Yeah. 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 Wow. It's kind of crazy. I feel like time moves much faster in Hong Kong than it does anywhere else. I'm mm-hmm. totally convinced of that. Mm-hmm. And I think we had this conversation earlier this week where, especially in the time of COVID-19, there's going to be a lot of things that we get thrown off or it's more prevalent now than before and you had this chance where you like you said you're the phoenix you you just rise and you change your situation was there any turning point where you're like you know what this is hong kong this is gonna be great you know i think for me um the turning point when things really started coming together for me in hong kong was when I started making those connections Mm -hmm. with people here Mm -hmm. and their positivity. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that they believed in me Mm -hmm. really moved me forward. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember one of the first outings I went on with Internations. It was this Italian performance. It was free. And I remember I had no idea where this venue was. I just knew how to get there. I knew how to get to the MTR station and that was it. And I had this really bad anxiety attack before I left. And I was like, I don't know where this is. I can't do this. I can't. And I was like, I really had to pull myself together and say, look, Liz, it's now or never. Mm -hmm. You can't just stay in your apartment all day. You know, you have to put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. And I went and, you know, sure enough, I met someone at the MTR station who turned out to be just as lost as I was. And, you know, we figured it out together. There you go. And for me, the more I did that and the more people I found, like, like you, Stacy, who were like, who really saw what I could do and my potential mm-hmm. and really encouraging me to move forward on my path. 
Mm-hmm. That was that was when things started to open up for me here in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that only happened because I was willing to put myself out there. Mm-hmm. That's a really topic of putting ourselves out there because, at least for me, what I'm going through is like, oh, but I, I don't want to oblige people. I don't want people to feel obliged, or you know, there's all of this different interesting structures or frameworks that we put on ourselves, but actually, people don't mind. Definitely, they don't. They really don't. <laughs> they don't. They really don't. It's like it's a lot of in, inner dialogue of like, oh, I don't really want to bother this person. Oh, I don't want to be braggy. I don't want to. But it's really just like you said, just put yourself out there. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. What would you say your industry is right now? I would say it's labeled communications, mm-hmm. but it's moving very swiftly more towards marketing. Okay. Okay. And is there? any one thing that you'd like wish that people would know about your industry that not many people know about? You know, I think that about communications, persistence Mm -hmm. is really, it really pays off. There's this idea that we were just talking about this, that we don't want to bug people. Yeah. We don't want to bother people. Yeah. But what people, people tend to have all or nothing thinking. Mm -hmm. You know, you can be persistent, but you can be polite. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you know that there's a good story to be had mm-hmm. that needs to be out there mm-hmm. and that will really uh, generate responses, then it's you just keep digging, keep pursuing that. You know, I found, especially with students, working with students, they've got so much on their plates yeah. and there's so much going on. And in teachers, it's the same. It's like, they just, especially now with doing online learning and in-person learning. I mean, everybody's just got to be ready for anything. And that means twice the planning, twice the work, uh, sometimes three times the work. But you just have to believe that your mission is a good one. Mm -hmm. And I think that that can make a world of difference. I mean, you don't want people to forget about you. Yeah. Like one example, is for people like just starting out with business Uh or, uh, and this applies to job interviews as well. Uh Courtesy is kind of a dying breed. You know, I think that one thing that people don't think about is the follow-up after an interview Uh or after your initial pitch to Uh your customers and your clients. Uh Um, The follow-up is huge. Getting that email after a pitch or an interview that just says, thank you for your time. Mm -hmm. I appreciated connecting with you. It's twofold. One, it makes the person feel valued. Mm -hmm. It makes them feel that you were worth their time Mm -hmm. and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And the second benefit of it is it acts as kind of like a mnemonic device Mm -hmm. in people's minds. It reminds them of who you are. So particularly if you've got someone who is interviewing maybe six or seven people in a day, at the end of the day, they're fried. It's like, who was that guy again? (laughs) Tim? Or was that Jerry? Which Which one graduated from HKU? Oh yeah, I think that was Jessica. You know, it's like, it's just, it's just a blur after a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. And when you get that email saying, you know, from Jessica saying, thank you so much, you know, really appreciated uh, meeting you. If you need anything else, you can contact me anytime. It's like, 
oh yeah, that was Jess from HKU. Oh yeah, she was the one with all that experience and this, that, or the other. And it, it keeps them in the front of their minds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I love what you said. It was like, courtesy is a dying, what did you say? Courtesy is a dying? It's a dying breed. It really is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that people don't think about. They, they're too busy for it. And, you know, social media doesn't help. You know, it's, it's social media. It, it, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but, you know, it's like the whole, you know, please and thank you and can I, and it's just like, a, you know, social media is sort of a free for all and it doesn't yeah. encourage that. But in reality, those are still things that I always find in life that is, it's the little things that will make or break you. Mm-hmm. 100%, 100%. And Liz, what would you say is one key thing that all entrepreneurs should know when starting a business? So I had to really think about this one. First off, network, network, network. You know, you've got, as I said, got to be willing to put yourself out there mm-hmm. as else would say into the unknown <laughs> go go seriously you know as i mentioned joining internations yeah game changer for me oh my Absolutely. gosh internations having the excuse to get in a room with other people and talk to them is just was just huge for me and there's so many groups out there mm-hmm. so many groups mm-hmm. you know and if you're a bit of an introvert and it's not like an in-person social situation is really hard for you. There's a lot of online groups too, mm-hmm. you know, but just being willing to take that first step. And, you know, I think that um, staying positive is important. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy because mm-hmm. there's going to be setbacks. Not everyone's going to like you. Mm-hmm. Not everybody likes me. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be perfect. There's a really great little saying, and I, I don't know who to attribute it to. It was, a, it was just one of these things I found on social media years ago. It was with a little Pusheen graphic of Pusheen wearing a little cape. And I look at it literally at least once a week. Mm-hmm. And it says, be brave and be patient. Mm-hmm. Have faith in yourself and trust in the significance of your life and the purpose of your passion. And that's carried me through a lot. And the last thing is just to be open to all possibilities. Mm -hmm. Like there's a big difference between I can't and I won't, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, and I'm finding the difference between the two. 90% of the time, what you think you can't is really more of a won't, Mm -hmm. you know? And I mean, when I started out as an audiobooks editor in 2010, I didn't know anything about sound editing. Mm -hmm. I literally learned on the job, Mm -hmm. but I got the job because I had experience in editing, in written editing, Mm -hmm. and I was just really passionate about wanting to start with audiobooks. And I was willing to start small. I was willing to start uh, for you know a minimal salary, but it was worth it to me because I wanted the experience. Mm-hmm. And I think when you can translate your passion to people, it shows and it makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. So I think that like to not be afraid to explore all avenues is really important. Yeah. 
I think just to, to give people background, Internations is like, it's this organization in Hong Kong that supports people who are new to Hong Kong or not from Hong Kong and to make friends. Yes. It's really, I can't say enough how much it was. I don't, I'm not as involved in it as I used to be, but it was, it gave me a huge leg up when I first got here. Yeah. Because what happens is like, you said you went to attend an Italian performance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there's hiking and then there's this like, just after happy hour and you go into a room with like 200 people. Well, this is pre COVID. And the idea is just like, you have your name badge in your country where you're at, what, where you're from. And naturally everyone is open to networking. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's that, it's that piece of sometimes because I do different things and like I wear different hats and sometimes I'm a tutor, sometimes I'm a businesswoman. And I remember I'm always getting stuck. Elizabeth, I'm always stuck in the when they go, Oh, what do you do? Yep. So I love what you said about networking, putting yourself out there and then into the unknown. Yep. Because I think a lot of, at least sharing where I'm coming from or what I experience is the perfectionist in me has stopped me doing a lot of things. Yeah. You've got to kill your perfectionist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I under, I completely understand because moving to Hong Kong was not easy for me. Uh -huh. It was something that I had to really think about long and hard. I had to look at my possibilities. You know, I was in, when the opportunity came up, I was engaged. Uh -huh. I was not married yet. And there was still that possibility that I could run away, that I could just say, you know what, um, this isn't going to work. But what I had to do, and, you know, I wanted to say that my, my therapist in Tennessee was also very helpful with this. And I can't stress enough how important having mental health support is. It, it, it's, I have found that therapy for me has been absolutely essential for my mental well-being. And I really think that the stigma around, you know, oh, mental health therapist. Is, yeah, I think it's that needs to go away because mm -hmm. I can tell you that I would not be where I am today without having counseling. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember sitting with my therapist at the time in Tennessee and we just broke down. What would my life look like if I didn't do this? Mm -hmm. And what would my life look like possibly if I did do this? Mm -hmm. By doing that, I realized that the only reason I wasn't going to Hong Kong was because I was afraid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That was it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that I didn't love Casey. It wasn't that I didn't want to be with him. It wasn't that I didn't want to marry him. Mm -hmm. I was just flat out scared. Mm -hmm. And I said to myself, well, come on, Liz, you're a tough woman. Just, you know, don't, you know, I'm not going to not do something. I'm not going to not have what I want in my life mm -hmm. just because I'm afraid, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. so. And I love how you like face your fear. You did it every, anyways. Uh, we have the saying, fear is face everything and rise. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love that. <laughs> I love face that. everything and rise. And I also love how you had your remote working, which or work, audio editing was your own thing, right? Yeah. I mean, I started out working for a company, but then I sort of branched out on my own. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you had that and then you realized that what did you want to add into your life was this human <laughs> interaction. You love talking yes. to people and you weren't sure what to do and you just asked somebody and they gave you some direction of where to go. And, yeah, voila. And, I think, and I think that that's really key to success mm -hmm. is you need your tribe. You need your people cheering for you. Mm -hmm. You need to have that support network. 
And I think too many people make the mistake. I made the mistake of just saying, oh, well, you know, if I ask for help, then that means I'm weak. That mm -hmm. means that I'm not as tough as I think I am. If I was really as strong, the lie that a lot of strong people tell themselves is I am strong enough to do it on my own. Mm -hmm. And the fact of it is, is that there are things that we have to face alone sometimes, but most things in life, we don't have to. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we're better off if we don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I feel like I have to have my feet together. Like I have to have everything yeah. together. I've, I've actually a house of cards, but at least people can't know that I'm like falling apart inside. But it's like when we realize like there's that also power and vulnerability, but not mm -hmm. in a manipulative standpoint as well. It's just like everybody knows that everyone is on a journey. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there, there is definitely, there's a, a gray area between being, having it totally together and totally falling apart. Mm -hmm. I think there's this kind of a, a way to be honest yeah. and polite, but also be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's a hard balance to strike, but it does exist. Yeah. And what would you say were like three most important lessons you've had in starting your business, the auto editing business? Let's see. Well, I think that having, I think one really good way to kind of start my own business and my freelance business was to have really good tools that I could rely on. Mm -hmm. So like one thing that I use is there's a program called Pressfolios online. <laughs> and Pressfolios is really great because it's specifically geared towards people who are writers and editors yeah. and it allows you to basically like post your stories and your work in sort of a one-stop shop uh and stacy i think you're going to be sharing my yes. press video um so you can kind of get a sense of what it looks like yes it's you know it, it it's a free 14-day trial and you get to post up to 250 stories and then after that it's ten dollars a month mm -hmm. so not free, but I think it's really great to have that one-stop shop for people to be able to look at what you've done and what you've worked on. And best of all, it connects up to LinkedIn. So okay. you can go to LinkedIn and then you can link up to, I actually, what I do on my LinkedIn is under my about me profile, I have a short intro. And then I just say, go to my Pressfolios page for more information. Mm -hmm. um, because you want to make it as easy as possible for potential clients to be able to see what, uh, what you can do for them. Mm -hmm. um, because it feels like if I, if I didn't have this website called Pressfolio, it means that if Elizabeth was interested in knowing what I what I work, then I'd have to communicate with Elizabeth, send her my articles or yes. point her and now people can can people browse on this website yeah absolutely they can and you can divide it into different sections so for me i have my black kite newsletters that i've done for rchk i have the publications i've done for rchk including our yearbook and our rchk world magazine and i also have my audiobook reviews that i've done and it's like just kind of a one-stop shop also just the word of mouth, working your contacts in the okay. field. You know, it's like if you, I was lucky in the sense that I kind of started out working for a company. So I was able to develop those contacts. Mm -hmm. And 
I have some very, very good friends who are audiobook narrators, like um, Tavia Gilbert, who won Best Female wow. Narrator of the Year in the Audis a couple years back. XC Sands, Tanya Eby, I'm name dropping because all these women are just fabulous. Um, so, you know, it's the sort of thing where you find, you find your tribe, you find your support network. And I remember when I decided to kind of go off on my own, I approached Dexy and I said, uh, you know, do you have any companies that maybe I could sort of uh, pitch to? Like, And she recommended Common Mode Media in New Jersey. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's who I've been working with pretty much ever since. And I've done some little um, one-off projects for some, uh, I did actually a project for Dexy a while back specifically for her and she paid me for it, you know? So again, it's just, I can't say it enough. Network, network, network. Yeah. Network, network, network. And did we want to touch about some specific challenges or specific topics you feel that women face in business? One of the biggest issues that women face in business is balancing of family mm-hmm. and their career. Mm-hmm. I'm a mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have an 18-month-old daughter named Robin. She's mm-hmm. super pudgy and cute. I know I'm biased, but it's true. And I think that in Hong Kong, I've been quite lucky because it's a society that very much supports women mm-hmm. who are uh, who want to be full-time professionals. Mm-hmm. But I find that in other places, and even sadly where I'm from in the U.S., the that support isn't really um, isn't really there as much. And I think that women, especially after they have kids, in many cases have to work twice as hard to prove themselves. Mm-hmm. And women just need to be very strong about their communication and what they want, you know. And I think that, you know, if a woman wants to stay home and take care of their children, that should be considered as important and as valid as a full-time job. Yeah. It is a full-time job. It's just yeah. a different kind of full-time job. Yeah. And I think that if both of both the spouse <laughs> and like both spouses are working full-time, then that needs to be definitely needs to be an even partnership. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And having that communication, but also yeah. having that bound, like there's some boundaries to it. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We were mentioning in our previous conversations together about how healthy boundaries are super important to really having productivity. Yeah. Efficiency. Can you explain more on that? I think that boundaries are really essential and mm-hmm. they're easy to forego. Mm-hmm. I think too often in our society, globally really, that people are just expected to be on all the time. Yeah. For me, I work really hard when I'm at my job. Mm-hmm. But when I go home, I put my mommy hat on mm-hmm. and I am Robin's mommy. Yeah. And, you know, that's valuable to me because I owe that time to her, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. She deserves my full attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's another challenge that I think for not just professional women, but just professionals, period. Mm-hmm. You know, that um, all of the strongest people that I know and the most successful people I know have some kind of very visible 
boundaries. Like hmm. whether it be, you know, like I'm just not available after a certain point, like 6 p.m., I don't answer my emails anymore, mm -hmm. you know? And I think it can be hard to set those boundaries because you don't want to create that sense that you're not willing to help or you're not willing to be there for, for your clients or for, you know, for your employers. But I think that it's just as important to have a healthy, well, a healthy balance of your personal life and your professional life. Mm-hmm. 100%. I've learned so much from you in this 30-minute episode recording we had together. I'm going to definitely re-listen and re-listen and take notes. And those notes will be summarized in the show notes of this episode. But Liz, I want to thank you so much for your time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it was fun. Thank you for your bravery and your courage. And you are relentless in keeping on going. So. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And I, I just, but I, I have to just reiterate that it was only because I had an awesome support network mm -hmm. with my family mm -hmm. that my family was willing to support me living 13 hours away from them, that I have an awesome husband who really pushed me to follow my dreams, even when I was scared. Mm -hmm. I'm getting kind of emotional. <laughs> you know, I mean, we, we, we can't do it alone. Yes, yes, we can't do it alone. And Liz, um, if our listeners and viewers want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Email me anytime. My okay. email address is lizellis07 at gmail.com. You can also check out my Pressfolios page and mm -hmm. my LinkedIn. And I am also on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Liz. And I'd love to have you back to share with us. Um, like what I learned from you, even about communications and how to write to publications to get like a press release out and all this information or how to craft my story. I learned so much from you about that as well. So sure. I want to thank you so much again and I'll see you soon. All thank right. You. Take care, Stacey. Thanks a Thanks. lot. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and that it's been helpful for you. We are just going to give out so much content here. I want to empower you all. So please make sure you follow and subscribe so you don't miss anything. And also, if you can, please give a rating and a review because that would help others find this podcast more easily. Also, check out our Instagram and YouTube channels for more content. Thank you and have a wonderful day. Toodles.